It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz. Today, the Adam Ritz Show is on campus at the University of Memphis, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. All right. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. We're here to bring awareness to social media and social media responsibility. We're going to play a game called the Twitter Cast, and we have two volunteers that are going to play the game with us. The winner gets a prize. We have uh, a nice Kappa Alpha Order polo shirt to give away. We're here with the Kappa Alpha Order Province Council. It's a regional national leadership convention. Uh, I'm proud to be here with you guys today and our guest, Nathan. Hi, Nathan Bailey. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Your campus you're representing? Uh, University of Arkansas at Monticello. Okay. That's Nathan. And we have Joey Raymond. How you doing? Good. What's your campus? Uh, I'm from Missouri University of Science and Technology, representing Beta Alpha Chapter. Woo! Okay. S&T. Okay, gentlemen, here's how the game's going to work. you got your Twitter accounts open. Our focus here with the Adam Rich Show and, and the broadcast nature of the radio show is, uh, you know, compliant with the broadcast nature of social media. So I'm going to read your last three tweets live on the radio show. For this studio audience to hear, don't delete, Joey. Don't delete, Joey. Joey's already deleting. Our, our live studio audience will hear your last three tweets. Our national audience listening on radio stations across America are going to hear your last three tweets. Joey, stop looking. Stop editing. And we're looking for the winner, meaning the most responsible tweets that will help this one of these young men get a job someday. So I know if there's some damaging tweet, that might be your favorite. That guy doesn't win, okay? So here's Nathan. Your last three tweets are right here at the top. Okay. Apparently not taught in New Hampshire or Iowa colleges is that Adolf Hitler was chairman of the National Socialist Party, where many feel the burn. <laughs> All right. You ever heard the uh, term uh, sex, religion, politics? Don't talk about it. Or don't tweet about it. Or, okay. Um, the prison sentence for fake allegations should be the same as the alleged crime. That's not, uh, that's not horrible. That's, not, that's good. That's good, good sentiment. I mean, if you allege somebody did something and you're lying about it, you should get the crime, the full sentence of that crime. I get, your, I get what you're saying. You should run for office someday. You're thinking about it, aren't you? I mean, vote for me for president 2028. 2028. All right. Feel the Nathan. Feel the Nathan. No, uh, no, 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 that didn't sound right. That is, it doesn't work. Feel the burn. Feel the burn works. Feel the Nathan. That, that doesn't work, no. Okay, and then we have, uh, <laughs> we have a, a tweet that he retweeted here. Hashtag Dem debate. Hashtag feel the burn. It's an image of uh, Bernie Sanders in the... Caption says, stop having a better sandcastle than me. And he's kicking over a sandcastle. So 
You're a political guy, I get it. Uh, those aren't bad. You heard his last three tweets, nothing damaging, no naked pictures of yourself, no tweets about how high, drunk, or stoned you are. So, so far, you're in the running. Okay, Joey, here we go. Did everybody keep your eyes on Joey? He wasn't deleting tweets, was he? I used to do this with three guys, by the way, and by the time I got to the third volunteer, it was all changed. Every, he, tweet, he, he deleted everything. Okay, so Joey writes, at Molly Renee, Corduroy is the goat children's book. Vastly underappreciated, though. Yeah. Corduroy the bear? Yeah, Corduroy the bear, and he, and he goes up the escalator, favorite children's book. That's the goat, no doubt. So you're tweeting about a children's book about Corduroy the bear. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is, you, this is a great high character group of guys. I mean, I did this uh, at a high school last year, and it was all about drugs and alcohol and tattoos and naked pictures. I mean, Corduroy the Bear? Are you kidding me, Joey? You are a party animal. I, I, I don't get out much. I don't get out much. <laughs> all right. Then he writes, uh, a retweet from ESPN, breaking. The 49ers have announced the hiring of Chip Kelly as their head coach sports fan. That's very good. And then Joey Raymond writes, and broadcasts. That was an amazing blues game. Five rows from the big fight wasn't too bad either. St. Louis, at St. Louis Blues. So you went to the game and you saw a fight? You're a big hockey fan? Uh, the Toto Reeves fight. I was in that corner. Five rows from the ice. It's pretty cool. Okay. So this, was, this is pretty close. These are all good tweets. You get the idea what you're writing, what you're tweeting, Instagramming, posting, uploading. It's broadcast to the world. So if you were the CEO or the human resource director and needed to hire one of these two guys based off what, they're, what you saw on their Twitter account, which one would you hire? We'll start with Nathan. Let's hear a round of applause on three. One, two, three. Okay, would you hire Joey? One, two, three. I think there are a few more Corduroy fans than Bernie Sanders fans, so, oh, oh wait, wait, you're going you're gonna to pitch, huh? I just want to say something. If you vote for me, you're voting to make KA great again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was uh, very admirable, Nathan, but I think our winner is Joey and his, uh, and his favorite little teddy bear, Corduroy. Uh, Joey, pick up your prize, your choice of a color, KA Polo, and I want to thank you guys for hosting the Adam Rich Show. You get the point. What you're posting, it is broadcast to the world, so make sure what you're writing, tweeting, posting, uploading is appropriate. Thank you again. Let's have a round of applause for everybody here at the KA Province Council, University of Memphis, hosting the Adam Rich Show. Thank you. Get to know Adam at AdamRich.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRichShow.com. Young people are the future of this great country, and we welcome the future of America on the show right now, Blake Ball. That's your last name, really? Blake Ball? Yep. And, uh, I mean, being a sports broadcasting major, it kind of tied in a little bit. So, uh, growing up, I always got made fun of for my last name kind of a little bit, but now I get the last laugh when I get to talk about sports. So, Are you really? That's not, uh, you're a sports broadcasting major, you want to be mm -hmm. on the radio and TV. That's not a TV name, that's not a radio name, that's your real name, Blake Ball. Yes, uh, and it, it was kind of crazy growing up, and I mean, getting, getting the last name Ball, I didn't really have a choice in it, but I mean, I, I kind of ran with it, and it's kind of become my, my calling card there, so uh, I've, I've been pretty pretty lucky to grow up with it, I guess. That's great. It's going to do you well in the broadcast industry. What uh, have have you thought about naming your son if when that day comes what, what you got to have some you know maybe not foot but mm -hmm. some sort right. of name that a middle name maybe that falls into uh, the play on the word ball 
Uh, I haven't come up with one yet. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's like I don't want to name my kid basket or something like that, or like you said, foot. So uh, I'm still trying to come up with one that's really creative. So hopefully, uh, if I do end up making it big, that my son will kind of be able to follow in that footstep. So Blake, throw the ball. Throw the. How yeah. about throw the? Uh, throw the. I don't know that I've ever met that met a throw the. So I think throw that that the. would be a pretty good one to have. Kick the. Um, share the, pass the. That that could be if your son is a ball hog and won't and, and just takes every shot. His middle name would be pass the, pass the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that that that'd be a pretty good one. And uh, or I mean just kind of kind of make a play on words that like pasta or something like that. Maybe make it Italian, even though I'm pretty sure I have no Italian in my blood. So that that probably wouldn't work. So uh, I mean I w- still looking for one out there. Okay, so that's the name game with Blake Ball. We bring him on the show to talk about student leadership, uh, philanthropy. You're involved with a, a fraternity uh, at your home campus of Austin P University in uh, what part of Tennessee is Austin P in? It's uh, Austin P is about 30 minutes from Nashville, so it's still on the on the western side of Tennessee. Okay. And your fraternity, um, tell us a little bit about your philanthropy. I know your national organization, Kappa Alpha Order, works with Muscular Dystrophy Association. Is that what you do on your home campus, or do you do stuff for your neighboring communities as far as working with kids and then also up the chain with MDA National? Uh, Sometimes we've worked with Habitat for Humanity, uh, donating to them uh, and helping them build houses, stuff like that. And then obviously uh, working with the local Goodwill. But uh, for the main main one, we do do muscular dystrophy. And working with them, uh, some of the things that we've done, we've gotten families in the area that uh, their children have muscular dystrophy growing up with that and kind of helping them kind of alleviate that stress uh, because, I mean, it does put a lot of stress on the parents and getting them out for homecoming, getting them to come to a game, come tailgate with us, and it's just a fun time for the kids. And then uh, some of our guys have even gone as far as going to the muscular dystrophy camp and helping out. Uh, I mean, the parents get a week away, and they uh, go to the camp and have just an awesome time the kids get to do whatever they want at a summer camp and just really awesome opportunity for the kids. I got to touch on your Habitat for Humanity. You're talking about, like, what do you uh, – have you been involved with this personally? Do you actually go somewhere and build a house? Um, I haven't actually. Uh, we well, haven't. you need to do that. I, I do. I do. Um, <laughs> uh, I've, I've helped uh, donate a little bit to Habitat for Humanity uh, with the guys. We've, we've got uh, – quite a bit of money raised up and especially for muscular dystrophy we've raised over four thousand dollars just this past fall semester so uh, that's been something that we've been really proud of being able to give back to the community and kind of see uh, an impact that just one small fraternity at a little campus like Austin P can have on one community. How'd you raise that money? Do you have some sort of fun activity? Uh, Is it just past the hat or do you do you know do you make omelets and then sell them uh, with crazy ingredients in them and uh, and then take that money and give it to muscular dystrophy or how does that work? Uh, well we haven't we're not the best cooks so we haven't done anything food related <laughs> even though that's a really good idea um, so we may look at doing that but we've done uh, muscular dystrophy walks um, stuff like that getting people to raise money and uh, get their entry fee for the runs and stuff like that so uh, that's been the main one and then we've also done an MDA lockup where people get locked up like they're in jail and actually it's pretty funny because they get to stay in the cage until people raise enough money to get them out so that's one of the more fun ones we've done and the kids always love that getting able to being able to lock someone up and then being like well you you know you can't get out until you raise this yeah. amount of money so, uh, so do, you, do you grab a 
professor or a, yeah, an administrator? Um, professors, we've had people. We've had people that have been on their lunch breaks for their jobs uh, that have volunteered around around the community. And I mean, it'll come time for their lunch break to be over, and they haven't raised enough money. And we're like, well, I mean. That sucks to suck. I mean, you can't go back to work until you raise this money. And then, uh, but I mean, they're they're always good sports about it. And we actually get some retired uh, police officers in the community to help out with it, act, act like they're really going to jail. So that's been something that's been really fun in the community for us. And that's definitely been one of the most su successful events that we've had. Do they? Is it volunteer-based? I mean, they're volunteering to get in the cage, or do you guys, like, have a black van with pantyhose <laughs> over your face, like an old school, and you just you run up next to somebody and grab them, put a, put a bag over their head, throw them in the van, take them back to your chapter house, throw them in the cage? That's probably not going to work. No, uh, we don't actually want to scare the community. We want them <laughs> to be as involved in po as possible. So uh, we do take volunteers, and uh, a lot of the campus professionals, like our Greek life advisor and stuff like that, I mean, they're, they're always happy to help out with that. And, uh, I mean, just people around the community, they volunteer. We'll go into businesses and ask if anyone would be willing to do it, like for their lunch break and stuff like that, like I talked about. So uh, everyone's a, a good sport with it, and we, we have a lot of fun with it. Well, it's great to hear you're involved with charities and uh, foundation work. It's what we like to highlight on this uh, show because there are a lot of great causes out there. There's a lot of fraternity men like you doing good work across the country. Um, it's not just about raising heck and partying. It's about character, integrity, um, and philanthropy. And that's uh, what we like to highlight on this show. Now, let's get back to Blake Ball and your major that is sports broadcasting. On your campus at Austin P, you're actually you were telling me before you're doing games. You're calling the, you're the color guy. You're doing the games play by play. Yeah, uh, I do the play by play for uh, mainly home football games and then the women's basketball. We've actually been the main carrier. It's for campus radio, but for the women's basketball, we've actually been the main carrier for them. And I, I guess I can technically say I've been an international broadcaster because you can hear it anywhere uh, on the internet. So that that's been pretty cool, and I've gotten that experience. And uh, hopefully, uh, when I get out of college, that'll that'll be kind of the stepping stone to help me get a job. Well, as of this interview, you can also say that you've done nationally syndicated radio because we've got listeners all over the country, too. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that's even better. So you just are, keep adding to the resume. You are on your way. Now, let's hear uh, a call, maybe your favorite game. You said you did football. I'm a huge football fan. Last season, season before, um, drama, high drama game, fourth quarter, fourth down. Give me a – you don't have to recreate the call, really, mm -hmm. but tell me about your favorite kind of call or if you want to do the call. Well, there's one game that comes to mind in particular. Uh, at Austin P, our football program's kind of been down in the dumps. My entire four years there, we've only won one game. And Are I got you kidding me? I, I promise that, you. That's not down in the dumps. That's <laughs> under the dumps. One game in four it's, years. It's kind of like that money ball moment where Brad Pitt was talking about there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us underneath. Okay. So that's kind of been us. Uh, we're an FCS team. And, I mean, we, get, we got paid to go play teams like Vanderbilt and Tennessee. Ah. So, I mean, we, we did come out with a new stadium in the process. But now we want to start seeing some wins pile up. You know what? It's, uh, you can only go up. I, I know I've seen your, you have a new logo, new branding. I've seen the new uniforms. Um, so back to that game. Okay, so back to the game. It was against bitter rival Murray State. They come to Austin P, and of course, Murray State, they were kind of closer to the top of the conference. And so, I mean, no one's expecting us to win this game. And Murray State comes over with four turnovers in, in the second half alone. And Austin P took advantage of it. Freshman quarterback Mickey Macias actually drops back to freshman wide receiver Jared Beard 
two long bombs off the left sideline, back of the end zone touchdowns, and I went nuts. I kind of went Harry Carey with it, and at the end of it, I was like, Govs win! Govs win! I mean, it was, it was completely awesome. We stormed the field, and uh, I saw my fraternity brothers down there. They had the KA flag waving it in the middle, so that was kind of a cool moment because I couldn't rush the field with them, but uh, it, was, it was kind of awesome just to see that win and get to call that game at Austin P. so that's the only win we've had the four years I've been there, and I got to call it on radio. And you know those players have that call somewhere, maybe in an MP3 form or, your, or a podcast, and they share it with all their friends and all their family. So you're well on your way to fame. So, Blake, we want to wish you the best of luck. Thanks for coming on the show. Blake, pass the ball. What's your dream job, and then we'll let you go. Dream job would definitely have to be uh, on ESPN. I love the anchors growing up watching Stuart Scott and all those guys that I can kind of emulate their, their humor, but also their love and passion for sports. So dream job would be anchor on ESPN without a doubt. Hello, this is Bob Diaco, head football coach at UConn, and you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. Continuing on in Durham, New Hampshire, on the campus of the University of New Hampshire, we're lucky enough to be joined by a couple of uh, the staffers from the athletic department from football. It is Bobby Callahan. Hi, Bobby. How are you? Good. How are we doing today? I'm fine. You're the director of football ops here? That's correct. And uh, we also have from the men's hockey team, Colin Shank. Hi, Colin. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and we bring you both on to sort of tag team um, one of the co uh, community service projects. Uh, that you guys do, and I heard about this in the hallway. I want to I want to bring this up for our listeners so they know exactly how um, two different teams at the same university can work together. We cover a lot of community service, and I got to tell you, uh, in the history of this show, this is the first time we're covering a community service project or a community service issue that's been touched by two different teams at the same university. So, Bobby, let's start with you. Um, what do you guys do? We, uh, we joined a program called Friends of Jacqueline, which, has a, which is part of a, a campus-run deal away from the athletic department. And the people in Friends of Jacqueline were, were kind enough to introduce us to the program. We adopted a 10-year-old um, boy, Julian Sarvey, who has brain cancer. And what we've done is adopted him as a member of our team. And, and really, the hockey team deserves a lot of the credit here with what we did because we followed their lead in this. They had been doing it for a while with, the, with their own member of the team through Friends of Jacqueline. So we were fortunate enough to get our own member, member in Julian, and it's been great for our guys. It's been great for Julian. It's been great for us to see how the hockey team does their outreach as well. So it's Friends of Jacqueline. Friends of Jacqueline is the organization um, that's in the New Hampshire area, or that's a national organization? It's a national organization. Okay. I believe it started at Northwestern Lacrosse. Uh, the women's lacrosse team at Northwestern um, adopted uh, a young girl named Jacqueline who was suffering from brain cancer, and, and they saw what it did for her life and, and how it, it lifted her spirits and how it benefited not only the Northwestern uh, women's lacrosse team but the community there, and, and it's become a national program that, again, we've been fortunate enough to join. So you have adopted a young man named Justin? Julian. I'm sorry, Julian, and so I can imagine he 
you know, gets all the gear, New Hampshire, the hats, the shirts. He's on the sidelines during the games, during the practices. What happens? Yeah, we, we adopted him at the end of last season. He came to a practice, and then when the season ended, we had an official adoption ceremony with the, uh, with the administrators from Friends of Jacqueline in our locker room. We signed him to a contract to the team, a scholarship contract, and, you know, we, we've given him the gear. He's been to some of our team functions, and, uh, and this year, you know, we look forward to having a game, doing some coin toss stuff before the game and all that. Oh, that's fantastic. That's uh, Julian, uh, the newest member of the New Hampshire Wildcat football program, uh, and it's through the national program known as Friends of Jacqueline. And I'm sure you can look for information at uh, friendsofjacqueline.org or maybe jacqueline.org, or you can just Google it. Friends of Jacqueline, FOJ is how, is how it's shortened up. So if you Google Friends of Jacqueline or FOJ, you okay. can find all information. So, Bobby, you mentioned that you heard about Friends of Jacqueline from the hockey team here at New Hampshire, and now we bring on Colin Shank from the men's hockey team. You're a coach as well? Uh, handle hockey operations. Hockey, so. Director of hockey yeah. operations. So uh, when did you guys with New Hampshire Hockey first get involved with the Friends of Jacqueline? Sure. A couple of years ago, we had a student on campus, uh, Brittany Thompson, who was um, the sister of one of our players, Paul Thompson, and she was interning for Friends of Jacqueline, and their founder, Dennis Murphy, came up. We did an adoption, kind of like the football program, and uh, our guy, Andrew Silsby, has been with us for a couple of years, and Andrew's healthy now and has checkups and everything like that, and everything's good, so he's with us uh, every game and travels on the road sometimes with he and his mom, Sue, so they come down to the locker room before the game and uh, you know get the guys going and things like that, so he's there most practices and, and a lot of games. So. And he, Andrew is his name, yeah. and he's completely healthy now yeah yeah he's healthy he still needs fantastic yeah he still needs a lot of checkups but it's a great program because it really partners kids with a program so it's not like he's just a part of our program for one year he's a part of our program now he's listed on the roster and that's what what a lot of these teams do so it's kids are with the program and it's more than just um being there we're trying to get andrew jobs so he's associated with the program so he you know he feels like he belongs and and brings something to the table as he as he really does you know, I was afraid to ask because I just naturally assumed that these kids were terminal. So that's fantastic yeah. to hear Andrew's um, doing better. He's going to be fine. He's a member of the hockey team, which yeah. he, he so he gets all the perks. Yeah. He's going to he's going to have all the connections of UNH hockey for the yeah. rest of his life. Maybe yeah. he'll be a hockey coach in the NHL someday. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, he's uh, he's never played hockey, but he's learned how to skate before practice with a couple of our guys. So he's really getting it down, working on his shot. So we'll now, see what happens. Before he came became part of your team, is he a hockey fan? Yeah, or was he like? Okay, I guess I'll learn hockey since the hockey team adopted me. Yeah, I think he was a hockey fan before. He does uh, cross country now. He's involved in a couple things at school. And he, actually, he does a great job. He, he speaks at their gala, and he gives a great speech uh, about what he's gone through and what the program means to him. So uh, friends, Jacqueline and Dennis Murphy is the founder, and his daughter went through that, and that's who he started the partnership with. So, so that's a national organization, Friends of Jacqueline. I'm sure I, I would like our listeners to see some of the stuff online with your chapters here at New Hampshire. So I'm sure there's some video on YouTube or something. Search University of New Hampshire, Friends of Jacqueline, and find out more about this awesome program here with the New Hampshire Wildcat Athletic Department. Now, before I let you guys go, uh, let's have a little fun between the football team and the, and the hockey team, men's hockey here at New Hampshire. Um, how do your guys get along? I mean, you always th- hear about inner squad rivals. Do, you, do the hockey players walk down the hall and do they high five the football players, or is there a rivalry? Are they trying to get more attention or less attention? Are there fights? Are there arguments? 
The, well, you know what? We have a great relationship here because uh, the head coaches of both programs went to UNH, and they've been here for so long that, uh, and like Bobby and myself, we hang out a lot. So the, the programs are pretty close. The older guys get it. We try and get the younger guys to understand. And as I always tell the football guys or the hockey guys, you better you better pay attention because the football guys, there's a lot more of them. They're a lot bigger. So. <laughs> And Colin, uh, is there any chance of getting a, a six foot six, three hundred pound lineman on skates? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna put him in the corner and just wait for somebody <laughs> to come by, and he'll squash him there. So, all right, well, Colin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. And uh, Bobby Callahan with New Hampshire Football again. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to watching all your success here with the Wildcats. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate your time. It was a lot of fun. You can catch up with The Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. All right, I'm Adam Ritz, and I'm on the West Coast in San Diego with our special guest, Ryan O'Rourke. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Doing well, Adam. How are you? I'm doing uh, wonderful now that I'm in San Diego and uh, even better now that I'm talking to you as the uh, president and Grand Poobah of the AFLV uh, Foundation. Yeah, did, I, did I get that right at all? It's pretty close. So I'm uh, sort of the one that's creating all the educational content at the conference and, and making everything connect to itself and just providing a cool experience for students. So. Okay, so to back up, it's a conference. Yeah. AFLV stands for Association of Fraternal Leadership and Values. So right. this is Greek life, sororities, fraternities, and it's about making good decisions and being a leader. Yeah, absolutely. I think all we're trying to do is get the students to make the most of their experience to try to make good decisions and to sort of use it as a catalyst to something great, whether that's on campus or life after college. Uh, so we're really just trying to put a, together an experience that helps them do that. Why do you care? I just believe in the potential of college students. I think we need to be preparing them for uh, to do great things, and I think that that's what our organization does, and I think we're in a better position to sort of move the needle as an external group that can challenge them on some different topics that maybe they're not getting challenged on on their host campus or in their classroom or in their day-to-day uh, -day experience, and so they get to come out here and, and uh, see, get a broader perspective of, of what's out there and what they might be encountering in the future, and uh, we're just trying to give them the tools to, uh, to make it all happen for them. Well, let's start with uh, AFLV. Uh, you're headquartered in Fort Collins, Colorado. Is it a, it's a .org? Is this a foundation, AFLV.org? Yeah, we're a nonprofit organization um, that is also a charitable foundation, and so um, we do some fundraising to support our programs. In addition to these two conferences, we work with our fraternity sorority members uh, doing cultural immersion trips to third world countries, El Salvador, Haiti. Uh, we do a six-day leadership program called uh, AFLV Leadership, where we partner with the organization Leadership. Um, we have a magazine. Uh, a lot of online uh, educational resources, some student organization elements, and that sort of thing. So we're really trying to be a full-service membership organization for college students um, so that they can sort of get outside of their bubble on campus and um, see sort of what the rest of the world's up to in fraternity and sorority. So for our listeners that uh, may have uh, been in a fraternity or sorority in college and they're uh, now they're 40, 50 years old, they make a living, they maybe want to contribute, they can actually donate uh, funding to your organization through your website, yeah. AFLV.org. AFLV.org, absolutely. We uh, are looking for um, really anything to help support our educational efforts. And um, I think for your listeners that maybe you're from that generation, a lot's changed in fraternity and sorority. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we really want to try to maximize the experience for students and, and have them use it as a positive change element. And um, so, yeah, anyone that's welcome to support what we're doing, we, we'd love to have the conversation and, and see if it's a good fit. 
Ryan O'Rourke is our guest from the AFLV, and uh, you seem like a young guy. Uh, you must have been in a fraternity yesterday. Yeah. What, tell us about your undergrad and where you were. Yeah, I had a very stereotypical experience. As a matter of fact, I was at the University of Central Florida, um, and my fraternity and sort of experience was uh, what you would see in the movies and, uh, you know, focus on some of the – get some perspective towards the end of my college career that this could be so much more and so uh, that's why I dedicated uh, myself to working with these students just get them to think that you know uh, I get you mentioned older listeners of the movie Animal House and the dean in that movie says fat drunk and stupid is no way to go through life right. uh, we I think that that's a good message for them to understand is that this experience can be way more than potentially what they're putting into it right now um, and so you know we want them to squeeze this orange for as much juice as they can and uh, some of that's going to mean challenging some of the stereotypes of fraternities and sororities or some of the realities of the, the poor decisions that are being made on campus. We, do, we talk a lot about and work a lot with uh, college kids and their fraternity or their uh, philanthropies rather in, in community service. Um, is there a philanthropy angle to AFLV? So we work with a lot of different organizations. Um, uh, for example, at our conference this weekend, St. Jude is a major sponsor. Okay. Um, so really, we are not attached to one uh, charity in particular, but we have several that will come and exhibit at our conference. Obviously, all the students that are here are passionate about yeah. causes and that sort of thing. But it's a big element of what we do is that I think fraternity and sorority should be a catalyst for changing the world and making the world a better place. And so that means uh, helping out causes that the students are passionate about, and so we're totally in favor of all that. You know, one of the funny things I think you'll appreciate is some of the feedback I get from uh, covering uh, college men and women and their fraternity, their, uh, I keep saying fraternities, yeah. and their uh, philanthropies, yeah. is that uh, I'll have a guy my age, I'm 44, I'll have a guy 44 or 54 say, hey, I heard your show, and I heard them talking about the bike relay they did to carry the football across the country that raised $5,000 for cancer. And I love hearing those stories because those aren't the stories that middle-aged guys tell. Right. Usually when you think of college and, and the stories you're sharing, it's Animal House. Yeah. It's all those, it's the Absolutely. parties. So it's great. I think it's great to uh, bring those stories up. So uh, as you grow older, I know you're in your lower 30s. Yep. Uh, maybe you have, well, I'll just ask you, do you have a great community service, uh, service project or philanthropy that you did 10 years ago at Central Florida that uh, just pops in your head that you want to brag yeah, about? Yeah, there's a couple. I, I think that uh, two that have always stuck with me and continue to be passions of mine is um, at, while I was at the University of Central Florida, I uh, did a lot of volunteer work with uh, getting people to register for blood drives and also just voter registration. And I think when we talk about civic engagement, we often think of the, just the hands-on service element. Uh, but getting this generation to vote, um, I think, is, is something that we'd all be well served by. Uh, I think I read somewhere that the next election, potentially uh, the millennial generation, could potentially make up two-thirds of the electorate, right? Yeah. And so if we can really get them engaged in what's happening, both on their local level, national level, uh, even in some regional government, um, I think that we can start to see this generation, like what they want out of the world, right? And so however you define your world, get involved in it, see how you can make it better. Uh, and that's really the game at the end of the day. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.